Welcome once again to our Lectio Divina. Let's begin with a short prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Show favor, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith, and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So once again, welcome to our Lecture Divina. For this coming Sunday, our Gospel will be the Parable of the Weeds. But before we go to the Gospel Reflection, let us first see the first reading, which is taken from the Wisdom Books or the Book of Wisdom. If you remember in our previous Lecture Divinas, we have somehow spoke about the prophets because the first reading were taken from the book of the prophets. This coming Sunday, it will be taken from a set of books which we call them wisdom books. If you recall your Bible study, in the Old Testament is divided into four big groups. We have the Pentateuch, we have five of these uh, books, and then we have, of course, the prophetic books, which we have seen some of them. Like we have the six major prophets and also the twelve minor prophets. And then we have the historical books. We have actually 16 historical books. And this evening we shall see one of these wisdom books. The wisdom books are Psalms, Proverbs, Job, Sirach, Song of Songs, the Book of Wisdom, and Ecclesiastes. I saw one beautiful uh, presentation of the books of the Old Testament. It looks like the periodic table of elements. For those who have studied chemistry, in high school, usually we try to memorize these periodic tables of chemical elements like iron, copper, you know, Magnesium, etc., etc. Here you have in a short form every book. And this red part here, there are seven of these uh, wisdom books. Uh, the Psalm, of, we have uh, yeah, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, Wisdom, and Sirach. Now, if you remember, I told you that there are seven books in the Catholic Bible, which you will not find in the Protestant Bible. And the Book of Wisdom, you will not find that in the Protestant Bible. Because this is one of the seven books that they removed from the Old Testament. That's why the, the books of the Old Testaments of the Protestants have only 39 books. While we Catholics, we have 46 books in the Old Testament. So, the Book of Wisdom, which will be the first reading this coming Sunday, will not, you will not find in the Protestant Bible. Unfortunately, you don't find that in their Bible, but this is a very beautiful book. It is also known as the Wisdom of Solomon. 
because it was believed that it was Solomon somehow who gathered all this wisdom, quotations, and other from other traditions and books. Of course, we don't believe that it was only Solomon who collected everything. Perhaps there was a Jew who collected many of these quotations, and some of them were quotations also from Solomon. So this coming Sunday, there is a particular verse that is somehow connected to the gospel. And this is Wisdom chapter 12, verses 16 and 19. And this coming Sunday, you will hear this, Your sovereignty over all makes you lenient to all, that those who are just must be kind, that you would permit repentance for their sins. You see, there are three words here in red. Lenient, kind, repentance. Because that, those three words will be the message of this coming Sunday. The parable of the weeds. Here, God, who is sovereign, is lenient to all. And not only that, He asks those who are just, like He, must be kind to all. And of course, like God, who would permit repentance for their sins, especially the sins of sinners. So let's see how this book of wisdom is connected to the gospel of this coming Sunday. The reading of the word of God will be taken from the gospel of Matthew. Chapter 13, verses 24 to 33. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat, and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at the harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this coming Sunday is taken from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. And if you remember, chapter 13 explains that the oppositions will not succeed in jeopardizing the ultimate triumph of the mission of Jesus. Remember last Sunday? It was also chapter 13, but it was the parable of the sower that in spite of the failures and discouragements of the one sowing, there are some seeds that fell on good soil that produces a 30, 60, or 100 fold. So there's a kind of an optimism and hope in spite of the oppositions, in spite of the rejections that Jesus faced during his lifetime, he was optimistic that there is triumph on his mission. If you remember chapter 11 and chapter 12, those chapters are, were actually manifestation of the rejection and oppositions that Jesus Christ experienced when he was misunderstood. He was accused of so many things that he was driving out demons and yet they were saying that he was driving to the power of Belzebul. Or when he was healing the sick, he was healing during the Sabbath and therefore the Pharisees were angry at him. So those are the oppositions in chapter 11 and 12. And in chapter 13, we see a kind of a hope and optimism. That in spite of all these oppositions and failures, there is still hope. There is still the triumph. Kaya nga sa atin, itong chapter 13, eh magandang message yan sa atin. Dahil sa kadalasan rin naman, nakaka-experience tayo ng discouragement, trials, problems. And in spite of all these problems in life, there is still hope. There is still optimism. Laging sinasabi ni Pope Francis, there is no Christian that is not optimistic. A Christian is always optimistic. He is not like a funeral ceremony. His face is not like a dead man. No, he is a happy man, a happy woman. So this chapter 13 is somehow the, 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 the hope that we are waiting for the, in spite of all the oppositions. And in this chapter 13, if you remember, there are seven Parables. So we have seen already last Sunday the parable of the sower. And this coming Sunday is the parable of the weeds and the wheat, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the yeast. And uh, after the 17th Sunday, we will find also the parable of the treasure, the pearl, and the dragnet. So here there are seven Parables And this coming Sunday is the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Now, this parable, you will only find it in Matthew. You will not find that in Luke and in Mark. Yeah, it's very peculiar to Matthew. Originally, yan ni Matthew. Wala, hindi mo makikita kay John, Luke, and Mark. Kaya, it's a very important parable. At least, na-record yan ni Matthew. And so we read in verse 24, 
Jesus proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven, he said, may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all to the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Ayaw ko lang kung nakaranas na kayong na magtanim, tapos nung lumaki yung tinanim mo, may kasamang mga damo. No? Sa seminaryo, madalas rin namin uh, nararanasan yan. Pag nagtatanim kami, lalo na yung corn, may mga damo-damo sa tabi. Pero doon, makikita mo talaga yung pagkakaiba ng mais, tsaka yun, damong malalaki. No? Pero dito, medyo mahirap yung wheat and weeds. The weeds and the wheat are hardly distinguishable in the first stage stages of growth. Ang hirap mong, ito ba'y damo o ito ba'y trigo? Mahirap sa umpisa. At kahit na yung paglumaki na yan, pag binunot mo, ay baka mabunot mo rin yun, trigo. Eh, siyempre, tatanggalin mo yung damo. Ay yung mga ugat niyan, magkakasama yan sa ilalim. In fact, we in the Philippines, we don't have the wheat. But if you have seen the, the field of the wheat, dito mo makikita mayroon ng mga damo dyan. And how can you distinguish which one is the wheat and which one is the wheat? Which one is the wheat? And which one is the tears? Yung tinatawag nila, yung damo. Here, parang wala kang makitang damo. O nadidistinguish mo ba yung wheat? Alam mo ba kung ano yung wheat dyan, tsaka yung damo? Well, if you will look closely, ah, asan ang damo dyan at asan ang, ang wheat? Diba? Mahirap, no? Lalo na kung baguhan ka. Ito ba yung wheat? O ito? O ito ba yung damo? O ito? No? Well, actually, this one is the, the wheat. And this one is the, the wheat, the tares. No? So, sa umpisa, pag ignorante ka, mabubunot mo, pare-pareho mong mabubunot. Kung i-close up mo pa yan, no? talagang magkaibat na yan. Tares and the, the wheat. Pero pag lumalaki siya, parang halos pareho. Di ba? Alam mo, sa ating buhay, hindi mo pwedeng husgahan ng tao na ito ba'y masama? Ito, masama ito. Ito ba'y mabuti? Ito, mabuti ito. Hindi eh. Ganun rin dito eh. Oftentimes, our judgment of other people is wrong. Who's really the good or the, or the bad? Ah, kuminsan na pag mayroon tayong nakita sa labas na nakasando o nakahubad, nakachinelas, no? Eh, baka ito, masamang tao ito eh, no? At tapos, pag nakita natin, nakapustura, ang ganda ng damit, maganda, pogi, kala mo, ano ito, uh, matino ito, 
Eh, sa totoo lang, eh, marami na kaya magnanakaw. <laughs> Tsaka yung mandurukot, no? Ang ganda-ganda kaya ng suot, kala mo, executive, eh, no? Tatabihan ka. Yung pala, nako, mandudukot lang pala ng pera sa yung bag. Naka ano pa yan? Naka barong Tagalog ba yan, di ba? Eh, ganun eh. Itong pinapakita ng, no, ng, ng parable sa atin na you cannot just judge that this one is the wheat and this one is the the tear or the weed. And besides, the roots of the weeds are so entwined with the those of the wheat. So, the Lord said, do not uproot it. Otherwise, may mga collateral damage yan. Pag binunot mo yung damo, baka mabunot mo rin yun, yung wheat. So, hintayin mo na lang sa harvest time na paghihiwalayan natin yan. So, the owner said, let them grow together until harvest. Let them grow together. And here, you will already find the connection between the book of wisdom and the gospel, the parable of the weeds and the wheat. If you remember in the book of wisdom, that the Lord, even though He is powerful, sovereign, He was lenient to all. So here, this is a message of forbearance. The forbearance of God. Na mag, that God is magnanimous. That God endures all things. Marunong magtiis ang Panginoon sa harapan ng kasamaan. Sa harapan ng isang taong masama. Because the forbearance is connected to the virtue of patience. God is patient. And in fact, St. Paul said, love is patient. If you love someone, you will be patient. And God is actually the God of second chances. So, don't uproot immediately the, the tears or the weed or yung damo. Give it a chance. Baka yung tears na yan, hindi man pala tears ang nabunot mo, yung wit, di ba? So give it a chance. Huwag mong sabihin na ito masama ito. Baka hindi naman masama yan. Baka mabuting tao yan. In fact, if you will connect it again to the book of wisdom, there's a chapter there, chapter 11, but we will not hear that this coming Sunday. Chapter 11, verses 22 to 23. We read, Before you, the whole universe is a grain from a balance or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. Uh, if you remember, Jesus, or rather God, is the creator of the universe. He created everything. And the universe is so vast. It seems that there's no limit in the universe is so vast, so enormous, that we don't have any idea how big the universe is. That our earth is so tiny, so small, like a dust in the whole universe. And God was the one who created this universe. In, and for God, the universe is just like a grain. You see how powerful God is. And yet, kind of powerful siya, He has this forbearance. He has this patience towards the evil one. And so we read in the book of wisdom, But you have mercy on all. God have mercy on all. Even though for Him, the universe is just a grain. Because you can do all things 
and you overlook the sins of men that they may repent. So here the book of wisdom is really connected to our gospel reading. The parable of the weeds and the wheat. That even though God is so powerful, hindi siya nagyayabang. Hindi niya pinapakita yung lakas niya, yung tapang niya. Sarapan ng isang taong makasalanan. Uh, hindi niya kaagad papatayin yan. O kaya hindi niya kaagad ano, paparusahan yan. Hindi. Bibigyan niya ng paraan kung paano siya magbago. Bibigyan niya ng pag-asa. Because God is the God of second chances. Perhaps it's not only the second, the third, the fourth. So many chances God will give to this sinner until perhaps he will change. Pag hindi na nagbago yan, ay doon, mag, doon na ang judgment day if that person doesn't want to change. But before that, God can overlook your sin if you repent because God is a God of mercy. Now, if you connect that with our church, the Catholic Church is actually a church of saints and sinners. This is a peculiar characteristic also of the church founded by Jesus. The church founded by Jesus, the Catholic Church, is not a church of saints. In fact, in the first century, in the second century, and even the third century of Christianity, there were movements to allow only those who are somehow holy saints to be part of the church. Now, they are very, very strict about their Christian living. Now, if you committed a second mortal sin, you are already out of the community. You see how serious these early Christians were when it comes to being part of this church founded by Jesus. But the early church said, no, this is not the idea of Jesus. In fact, in the parable of the weeds and the wheat, hindi lang naman isang taong nagkasala na isang beses lang, isang mortal sin lang. No, God is the God of second chances. And therefore also the Catholic Church is a church of saints and sinners because within the church, they are already holy, but within the church, there are people who are aiming to be holy. So, we do not want the sinners to be dead immediately. Huh? Eh, kuminsan, yan ang tendency natin. Pag meron masamang tao, <laughs> ano bang, anong, ano, anong ang, ang dasal natin, o ang dasal ninyo, dasal ng ibang tao, Lord, sana kunin mo na siya, hindi ba? <laughs> Aprot mo na siya, bunutin mo na siya dito sa lupang ito, at dalim mo na siya. Kung saan niyo pwedeng sunugin. <laughs> hindi. Hindi pwedeng ganun. We do not want the sinners to be dead. That is the responsibility of God. We want them to change. That is the beauty of our church. We want them to change. So kung tayo, kahit na sa, sa church, we Christians, misang binabatikos natin yung mga makasalanan, hindi dahil sa gusto natin silang batikusin lang. Ipakita yung kanilang kamalian. Hindi. Gusto nating itama. Sa ganun, baka nga ito, damo ito, eh, maging trigo. Di ba? Maging mabuting tao. And that is the beauty of the church. The church is welcoming, especially the sinners. I remember the, the story of Dr. Bernard Nathanson. If you remember his story, he was an obstetrician and gynecologist. 
but he is really known for being an abortionist. He was a Jew, abortionist, and also an atheist. Imagine during his lifetime, he was able to abort more than 75,000 people, including his own children. Grabe, no? Talagang makasalanan yung taong yan. But you know what? One day he was converted. With the ultrasound, he realized that this fetus is really a human being. And you know what? He was baptized, a Catholic. And he was asked, why did you choose the Catholic Church to be your new religion? You being a sinner. And he said, you know what? No religion matches the special role for forgiveness that is afforded by the Catholic Church. No religion matches the special role for forgiveness that is afforded by the Catholic Church. Walang papantay sa Catholic Church pagdating sa pagpapatawad ng mga makasalanang tao. Sa paningin niya, ang Catholic Church ang pwedeng magpatawad lang sa kanya sa ginawa niyang karumal-dumal na pagpatay sa mga bata. Kaya yan ang beauty ng, ng simbahan. That the church is able to welcome the saints and sinners. From here, we can already start our reflection, contemplatio. We can ask ourselves, Do we have someone in mind... Do we have someone in mind that you want to uproot? <laughs> Fight evil and let God do the rest. Of course, we oppose evil. We, don't, we do not allow evil. But God is in control. And this is also the message of the parable of the weeds and the wheat. God is in control. And at the end, goodness and justice will prevail. God has the final word. Hindi ba very consoling to? Kahit na maraming nangyayari sa ating bansa, maraming nangyayari sa mundo, that the world is a mess, na parang nakaka-discourage, everything is a failure, hindi ba? And yet, remember, God is in control. Don't be discouraged. Because at the end, goodness and justice will prevail. God is the final word for everything. And these sinners, He just give them a chance to change. And sana, we allow them also to change. We allow them. But we don't tolerate evil. We fight evil. But then, at the end, nasa tawang gawa, nasa Diyos ang awa. God will do the rest. Do your part. And God will not abandon you. Then, Second, we can ask ourselves, do you give a chance for others to change their ways? Perhaps you can begin the members of your family. Do you give, do you give each other a chance to change your son, your daughter, or even your neighbors, or even in your small community? Do you give them a chance? You know, you remember last Sunday, the parable of the sower. Some of the seeds fell on rocky ground. The footpaths, thorny places. And the Word of God did not grow. Kuminsan nakaka-discourage nga. No? Ang dami natin binibigay na advice. 
pinapayuhan natin ang ating anak, walang nangyayari, no? You give them a chance to change. Perhaps one day, it will produce a hundredfold. And just like God, who is lenient, forbearing, patient, let us allow this sinner to grow. And perhaps he will change. And then in verse 30, Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. So at the end, God is in control. That at the end, He will collect the weeds, yung mga hindi nagbago, and they will be bundled up for burning. Well, the wheat will be brought to the barn. Well, actually, yun explanation dito sa parable of the weeds and the wheat, we did not read it anymore. Because if we will read the, the longer form, we will reach up to verse 43. But in verses 36 to 43, which we did not read, it is actually the interpretation and the application of the parable of the weeds and the wheat. And this is what we will read, that in these verses... The sower is God. The field is the world. The wheat, the sons of the kingdom. So the one who sowed the good seed is God. And the field is the world, the plantation. And the wheat are the good sons of the kingdom. While the weeds... These are the sons of the evil one. And the one who sowed bad seeds, the weeds, that's the enemy. And the enemy is the devil. And the harvest is the end of time. While the harvesters, these are the angels. The good man will receive the reward. While the evil man will be punished. Well, perhaps this is a very consoling parable for all of us who experience, you know, the tragedy of being a victim of the evil men in this world, di ba? That at the end of time, yung mga evil na tao ay paparusahan din yan. Kumbaga, kuminsan nasasabi natin, may oras ka rin. <laughs> may oras ka rin sa Panginoon, di ba? Kaya humanda ka. So this parable, we should, not easily ash- we should not easily assume the role of a judge because God will finally judge to separate the good from the bad. Separate the good from the bad. Actually, this application, itong interpretation, no? that the sower is God, that the field is the world, that the wheat is the son of the evil one, ang sabi ng mga ibang biblical scholars, hindi na si Jesus daw ang nagsabi niyan. Malamang si Matthew na ang nagdagdag ng application na yan, ng interpretation of the parable. Anyway, kung siya man ang nagdagdag, eh, kung pareho rin naman ang isip ni, ni Lord, tsaka si Matthew, okay lang naman yun. Because You remember Matthew wrote this gospel while he was also experiencing some of the oppositions, especially in his community. 
The, the Christians are experiencing rejections, oppositions from the enemies. And when these Christians read this parable or hear this parable, it is really very consoling for them that at the end of time, God is in control and He has the final say because He has the final judgment to separate the good from the bad ones. And so let us reflect and ask ourselves, am I a wit or a weed? <laughs> Baka naman nakita mo yung ibang tao, masama. Ikaw pala yung masama, <laughs> hindi ba? Ikaw pala yung, ano, eh, yung damo. Eh. Hindi, hindi naman sila yung damo, ikaw yung damo. Ikaw ba'y trigo o yung damo? Ikaw ba'y mabuti o yung masama? Am I patient with the evil doers? Just like the Lord, just like God. Who's lenient, forbearing, and patient? Do we allow these sinners to change and give them a chance to be a sons of the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is now compared to a mustard seed. So this is another parable that we will hear this coming Sunday, wherein the kingdom of God is compared to a mustard seed. If you notice, itong first three parables is more about farming or planting, di ba? Start with the parable of the sower, and then the parable of the weeds and the wheat, and now the parable of the mustard seed. And we read, verse 31, He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet, when fully grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. So this is the parable of the mustard seed. It's the smallest. I don't know whether you have seen a mustard seed, no? Here, there's a diagram. This is the mustard seed. It's so small, you know. So small. Parang muta nga lang eh. Di ba? Hindi uh, naman kulangot. Muta. Pwede pa, ano? Pero talagang napakaliit niyan, no? Pero pag tinanim mo yan, ako, malaking plant. Hindi puno. Malaking plant, no? Where the birds can stay. Maybe not, not to nest. Esa, hindi naman siya puno eh. Pero malaking bush yan. It's a large bush where birds can stay and dwell in its branches. So, it's so small and yet, it's compared to the kingdom of God. That's a mystery, you know. Can you understand that? That it's so small and yet it is used to compare the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God Despite its simple and small beginning in the person of Jesus, will eventually expand into a great kingdom to the power of His Word. So kahit na si Jesus had a very simple beginning compared to a mustard seed, so small dwelling in Nazareth or in Bethlehem, you know, Born in a stable, uh, napaka-simple ang kanyang uh, panganganak. And yet, this child is actually the Son of God. 
and he will introduce the kingdom of God. In other words, kahit na simple lang ang salita ng Diyos, kahit na simple lang ang Panginoon nung dumating siya dito sa lupa, hindi man siya dumating sa Jerusalem na nakakabayo, kundi nakaano lang, donkey, asno. Napakasimple. And yet, he was able to change people, the lives of people. So here, Christianity started small and then it spread throughout the empire, the Roman Empire. Remember, the Jews were under the Romans and Palestine was part of the Roman Empire. And you know what? Just because of this simple beginning, Christianity changed the whole empire. Now we call the rise of Christianity in the whole empire. The Roman Empire, remember, became a Christian empire in less than 300 years. Romans, strong, powerful, and yet with the power of the word, simplicity, humility, it was able to conquer the whole empire and it spread all over the empire. The spread of Christianity through simple, you know, Preaching, evangelization, sowing the seed, you know. Some fell on the footpath, some fell on the rocky ground, some fell on the thorny places. And yet, there's some seed that fell on good soil. And this seed that fell on good soil became future disciples, future apostles of Jesus. Through the preaching of St. Paul, through the preaching of St. Peter. There's the spread of Christianity all over the empire of the Romans. And, you know, the... Christianity spread not because of violence. Christianity spread not because of the sword. Christianity spread in the whole Roman Empire because of the force of truth. The force of the word of God. Because people were hungry for answers in their life. What will happen if I die? Many of those religions during the time of Jesus and during the time of the apostles could not give the ultimate answer to their ultimate question, what happened to my soul if I have a soul? And Jesus Christ was able to explain them that there is reward and there is punishment. There is the soul, that there is, there is this kingdom of God that will reward you if you are good. And so the force of truth becomes the seed that somehow changed the empire. And not only the force of truth, Dasa wala silang maituro yung mga mystery religions. Kulang yung mga god of fertility, you know, si Mithraism, you know, they they wound themselves, they castrate themselves in order to call on God, you no. Know? Those are their ceremonies that are bloody and yet nothing happened. They all die. And Jesus Christ promised eternal life, you see? That's why it's so attractive. Christianity was so attractive among the the, the people in the Roman Empire. And it spread also because of the good examples of the Christians. Yeah, mga master seed are also compared to the good examples of the Christians. When other people, they see how the Christians live. Holy, humble, honest in their transactions, in their business. Wow, you're different, huh? And so they, they got converted. They become Christians. And then remember also the martyrs, the examples of the martyrs, their martyrdom 
is a really a strong witnessing of God's word, a strong witnessing of the presence of Jesus who resurrected. That they die because they know that Jesus Christ is alive again. So, itong master seed became a great kingdom here on earth. Christianity, the church founded by Jesus and yet it started small, it started humble. Remember Constantine, he was the one who ended persecutions against the, the Christians. And Constantine was converted to Christianity in the year 313. He ended all the persecutions, although he was baptized during his, during his dying moment you know, in the year 334. And yet, we can see here how he ended the persecution against the Christians. So by the year 313, Christianity started to spread more in the whole empire. Like a master said, it grew into a great community of Christians and believers. Now we have more than a billion Christians all over the world. Na sana naman lumagana pa through your help, to my help, to spread the good news to the force of the truth. And lastly, the last parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. Hmm. Ewan ko lang kung uh, nakakita na kayo ng, sa bakery, yung ginagawa yung tinapay. Ako naalala ko yan dahil sa, sa aming bahay, meron kaming bakery. Kaya nakikita ko yun, yung harina, tapos yung nilalagay na yeast. Tapos in the morning, makita mo talaga, umaalsa, wow, ang laki kagad. So, it multiplies the bread, you know, practically. That's umalsa siya. So, it started with this yeast, na napakaliit niyan, maliliit lang yan. And then, you mix it in the flour, and it expands. Maybe you don't see the, the expansion during the night, but sigurado tayo na pag nilagyan mo ng yeast yan, it will affect everything. And that, I think, is the mystery of the kingdom of God. Through the power of His Word, again, when it enters the world, will affect everything. And the missions of Jesus will be a success. Remember, this chapter 13 is a chapter of optimism and hope. The parables is the parable of hope and optimism that no matter we experience failures, discouragement, remember there is still the triumph, that there will be a success in the mission. And so don't get discouraged because what you do, even though how small it is, is just like a yeast, it's just like a mustard seed. Now, if you go back to our Catholic Church, there is a kind of a DNA in our Catholic Church. And this DNA is somehow connected to our parable. The DNA is known as the four marks of a true church. Pag wala kang markang yan, ah, yung simbahan mo, hindi totoo yan. <laughs> hindi yan ang tinatag ni Jesus. So what is the DNA of the true church founded by Jesus. What are the four marks or attributes of a true church? The four marks of a true church, 
they are one holy catholic and apostolic one holy catholic and apostolic and please remember these four marks were not invented by the Catholic Church a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, no. In the first ecumenical council, in the Council of Nicaea, there's what we call the Nicene Creed. In the year 325, remember, persecutions ended in the year 313 by Constantine, who became a Christian. And then some few years later, 325, first ecumenical council, all the bishops were present in order to finalize what they really believed, the early Christians, about Jesus, about the church. And then they make a profession of faith. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And that is the church we have now after practically 2,000 years. So one, because there's only one Lord, one baptism, one faith, one body of Christ, one church. Why holy? Holy because the founder is holy, Jesus Christ. And Catholic because this is the universality of the Catholic Church, that everybody is welcome. And finally, apostolic because it is built on the foundation of the apostles. It's only the Catholic Church that can trace its origin back to the apostles. Peter and Paul, Peter as the head, and continued the office head by the bishops with the Pope. So this is a long tradition of our Catholic Church, which is one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And when we say the church is holy, we can say that it is not a church of saints and sinners that we have mentioned already a while ago. That there are also weeds and wit in our church. Hindi naman namin sinasabi na sa simbang katoliko lahat tayo mga banal. Hindi. Meron mga masasamang pare. May masamaring obispo. Hindi ba? Meron mga masamang santo papa rin eh. Sa kasaysayan ng ating simbahan. Eh kung meron namang masamang apostoles, apostle si, imagine si Judas, a traitor, you know. Eh, hindi naman lahat Judas, di ba? There are also saints, holy apostles, but there are also sinners, sinful Christians, sinful priests. And we understand that, but we all strive to become holy. That is the meaning of the church is holy, not because... The church is, all members were holy. No, everybody striving for holiness because the founder is holy. And the founder gave us all the means to become holy through the seven sacraments. You see, that's the meaning of the church is holy. We have all the means to be holy instituted by Jesus. So that hindi tayo magiging with we instead become the wit, the sons of the kingdom. And then the church is Catholic. It's just like the mustard seed when it grew and become a large bush. So the Catholic church is like a large bush from a mustard seed when all the birds can dwell in its branches. In other words, we are like the bush from the mustard seed that 
everybody is welcome. Come, Sin- saints and sinners, just like Bernard Nathanson, who was a Jew and then converted to Christianity to become a Catholic, even though he was a sinner. Come, we are all, you are all welcome. This is the Catholic Church, a welcoming church. The final reflection that we can have in this Lecture Divina is this. Let us ask ourselves, as a Catholic Christian, how can I nurture the seeds of faith and holiness in others? How can I nurture the seeds of faith and holiness in others? Remember, we continue sowing goodness in spite of the evil around us. Sow goodness. Sow the faith. Show your holiness to others, that others may be converted, that others may change their lives and may become instruments of God's Word for others. As a final prayer, let us take from Psalm 86. Let us bow our heads, close our eyes, and pray. You, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer, and attend to the sound of my pleading. All the nations you have made shall come and worship you, O Lord, and glorify your name. For you are great, and you do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. You, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in kindness and fidelity. Turn toward me and have pity on me. Give your strength to your servant. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you and good night. God bless you all.